Look, the West Indies came here to Australia promising to give us a fight. They sort of fought in Perth, but today I think they just threw in the white towel. Uh, Alzari Joseph's dismissal where he just jumped out and was clean bowled by Nathan Lyon really summed up the day. Outstanding bowling from Mitchell Stark to start with, but it was our man Michael Neeson who finished things off as Alex Carey stood next to the stump at the start of a new love story in Australian cricket as Australia won the fourth biggest win in terms of runs. Yeah, and their biggest win against the Windies by runs back to 1969, I think it is. As you say, they win by 419. The Windies all out for 77. Looking through the top scores yesterday, Chandapur with 17. They lost wickets today, 42, 49, 69, 76, 76, 77. It ended in a, a dreadful hurry, 16 overs after the resumption. Stack, three for 29. Two of those uh, were today. Outstanding bowling to get rid of the two men from overnight, especially Jason Holder over the wicket. Yeah. He's done so well over the years, but bringing it back to the right-hander. He's got 61 wickets at 18 with the pink ball across 11 test matches. I mean, that's better than anyone on any measure, um, but that ball to hold the summer whole thing up. Yeah, I mean, if you ever wanted to know why Mitchell Stark is so dangerous with the pink ball, you just have to look at the two Jason Holder dismissals in this test. First innings, where Jason Holder is expecting everything to come in, he changes his technique, he gets one to go away and gets Jason and Holder playing and gets caught behind. Here, he keeps bowling the one that keeps shaping away from Jason Holder and then brings that ball in. It was an outstanding delivery. It would have got most batters out, probably every batter out, every right-hander out. Uh, and that really set the tone for the day. Once that happened, you knew this was going to end up. It was always going to end by a dinner. Then Nisa gets involved. Three in quick succession. But let's set up how he was able to dismiss that Chase and De Silva, wasn't it, inside the same over. They'd be batting out of their crease mm. to him. It was a great little contest that was brewing. I mean, I know there wasn't a lot of cricket today, but both of them were trying to get down the track to him. We saw Chase shimmying before the ball was bowled to effectively give themselves a chance against Nisa, who was landing it in on a handkerchief, hitting the seam and moving it away. And for a while it worked. And Alex Carey thought, you know what, I'm going to change the dynamic here. He came up to the pegs and it worked almost immediately. Yeah, and, and you know, in a, yeah, in a test match which has lacked competition, uh, there was a decent battle between Nisa and Rostin Chase, maybe battles, overstating it, where like you said, he beat him twice with the perfect Nisa and just bad ball flying past the outside edge. Rostin Chase starts walking in front, I mean, outside his crease and walking at Nisa. Yep. Then Nisa bowls in the short ball, which he pulls away for four. The very next door, Alex Carey starts coming up to the stumps. And I think it was a third ball that yep. he'd come up to the stumps. Perfect up, delivery, perfect outswinger, gets the outside edge and Carey as our co-commentator Chris Rogers put it, cuddled the ball and did well enough to hold on to it. But Joshua Dussel was a fantastic Brilliant. catch. Yeah. Well, he had to move to his right. I suppose he could have anticipated what the first one was a little bit harder because the bat face was turned to the leg side. The second one was a genuine edge, Kerry giving with it. I mean, I know he hasn't recorded the stumping in test cricket yeah. yet. And he has put some catches down, some that have gone through between himself and first slip. But what that will do for the Gloveman's confidence, I know he didn't get many opportunities with the bat through the series, but 41 not out in the first innings here at his home ground. Those three catches, the last one too was a beauty Beautiful in the test catch, match, yeah. diving across in front of the court and set back for Nisa by that stage. But yeah, it all contributes to Carey feeling like even more of a senior player, which is what you want your keeper to be. Oh, very much so. And look, he had a, a, a up and down 
beginning to his test career in the Ashes, uh, there were some who thought he'd done enough to you know, live up to that hype. Look, he'd been the highlight of the throne for a long time sure. uh, through the whole Tim Payne era. Uh, and then we saw him really work on his keeping improve mm -hmm. in Pakistan. Sri Lanka was once again a little up and down on really difficult pitches where he missed a few stumpings. Uh, and here again, he took a fantastic catch. I think it was of Jason Holden in the yeah. first innings. Yeah. And put down uh, a catch in that weird phase yesterday where Australia put down three or four catches uh, on the draw. Uh, and to do what he did today, to show the confidence to come and stand up to Michael Nisa was quite something. Though I did hear him tell you later on when you were doing him for SEN that Pat Cummins apparently walked up to Alex Carey and said, You dare not stand up to me. Don't expect to be doing it anytime soon. If the big three are back, Cummins will be back next week at the Gabba. Hazelwood almost certainly won't, which means we've got kind of a, a bowl and Nisa showdown maybe in the offing there for the first test against South Africa. Although I don't really see it that way. I think with both Nisa and Bowl, and they've played enough professional cricket, first class cricket, that I think they're at peace with where they are in their careers. And if Boland plays and Nisa doesn't, it doesn't mean that his career is over. No, no. It just means that you'll have to wait for his chance, be it later in the summer or in England. And What's to me certain out of this week is that even if Nisa was out of the squad a fortnight ago, brought in last Sunday as a replacement player when, when Cummins went down, he will be in the squad in England. And I can't imagine a scenario where Nisa and Boland aren't part of the starting 11s in England. Oh, and it's going to be really difficult to leave Scott Boland out of that first test. We spoke about this yeah. last evening. Uh, but Michael Nisa not being in that squad, and this has nothing to do with our hashtag Nisa must play campaign. Uh, from, for purely cricketing reasons as well, you'd be surprised if he gets left out because he bowls the perfect length, the length that you want bowlers bowling in England conditions, that a length that a lot of other bowlers have to adjust to bowl. Yep. Wherein for him it's just his natural length. Uh, and a test average, you know, people speak about Scott Boland's bowling average, and so they should. But a test average of 16.7 after two tests. Very lovely numbers, Baz, that's for sure. Hey, um, let's go back to the Windies for the last time on the pod for now. Um, it was grim today, as you described, they sort of um, held up the white flag uh, fairly early on with the special of Alzari Joseph at the end trying to pop Nathan Lyon on the moon and losing his middle stuff kind of summed that whole thing up. And to an extent, I get it, like they're one foot on the plane. They've been here for, well, really months. Yeah. Of the, and that's not an excuse, it's just no. the reality of the situation that some of the players who weren't involved in the World Cup were involved in the T20s earlier. They've been here a long time. Um, last day in Phil Simmons' coaching career with the Windies, he, he said to us before the test, he won't have a third term, so oh. that's it for him in this particular job. Um, where Jason Holder fits in as a test cricketer, that's increasingly unclear. Um, Craig Brathwaite said in his post-game press conference that they didn't show any fight, yep. which is true. Which is uh, the rebuilding effort for him between now and, well, even three months from now when they go to South Africa to play two test matches, yeah. I'm not quite sure what they do. The next job they have to appoint is their new senior coach. Yeah. Uh, that That is, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a hospital hand pass. I mean, it's a pity that Phil Simmons' coaching career with the West Indies had to come to that kind of thing. You know, it's a worst day. He has really worked hard on rebuilding some pride around this test team in yep. particular. Uh, but not just uh, today, I mean, going back to Hobart when they were knocked out of the first round of the T20 World Cup. Uh, it's been a tough few months for West Indies, at least in the past, Adam, when they went on these difficult tours and lost in test matches or lost test series you you could say okay fine but wait till the white ball team comes yeah. you can't say that anymore either so it is they are probably in a more dire place than they have been in a long time yes Craig Brathwaite said it's still been a good test year for us I mean they won series at home against Bangladesh and England great but just the manner of defeat here yes they showed fight in Perth but the fact that they just could not take wickets 
Well, Australia declared all four times. Exactly. Um, I think the six they took yesterday was probably the most they took in an innings. Yeah. That was third innings drunk time declaration runs. Exactly. So I don't even think they took 20 wickets across the whole scene. Probably not. No. Yeah, and Australia must have scored over 1,500 runs. So that just tells you about the gulf in class. And um, I don't know what they can do between now and uh, South Africa. And already everyone in Australian cricket is worried that this West Indies team is coming back. Um, you can feel bad for them. Maybe at some level you should feel bad for Craig Blathwaite. Does world cricket do enough for them? I mean, they do. World cricket does romanticize about the West Indies, uh, you know. But you have to remember, the great West Indian team, it's been 30 years. Yeah. I mean, in, in 2025, which is just two years away, we would have reached 30 years since they lost to Australia in 1995. That's a long time ago since their dominant era came to an end. So, uh, I don't know what, what we can do. It's tough to look forward either with, uh, uh, like you said, Tej Narayan Chandapal has started well, but I was speaking to Roddy Estrick earlier. He said they just have 18 tests between now and the next five years. What is the motivation for a lot of these players to stick around? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, there's no easy answers, that's for sure. But I think it's a question that world cricket people need to consider that if, look, it, it, this could go another way. The Windies can disband. Um, the Windies might end up not playing test cricket. Yeah. None of us want that. that that's yeah. the way this could trend. Um, I don't think that we should be naive to the risk factor yeah, that's at play here. And it's not just them. We've spoken a lot on the podcast about what the next Future Tours program represents and what the next yeah. two cycles of the WTC represent. I don't think there'll be a third um, after the next two no. because the drivers will have changed again when it comes to franchise cricket. So. Yeah, the threat is existential for the Windies in long-form cricket, and that's not right. So whether it's a recalibration or a socialisation of broadcast money when they're playing away from home, or, or, I mean, I'm not, again, there's no easy answer, but it probably needs to be a question that's considered with more urgency after what we've seen this week, because when they return next year, in all probability, they'll be an inferior side to the yes. team that's played here in the last two weeks, and yeah, that, that, that's a fairly grim prospect. Um, off the field today, Cricket Australia has appointed yeah. a new chair. We'll talk about that with Jeff on the weekly show. Uh, I'm sure in, in some depth, Mike Baird, who is the, the Premier of New South Wales. I, my first impression is, well, CA, quite rightly, uh, consider themselves an organisation with an important set of values mm. and, uh, about being a progressive organisation. And Mike Baird's voting record in the Parliament of New South Wales probably won't align with that. So there's some inherent contradictions there. I suppose though, Brad, it was always going to happen at some point after he was brought onto the board from Cricket New South Wales to Cricket Australia that at some stage Mike Bed would get this job and it's a big one. It is a big one. He's the most high profile Australian politician to be in charge or get that higher position in Cricket Australia. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he the guy who um, sanitised King's Cross in, in a way? Yeah, the lockout laws and, and the greyhounds are what he's mostly known for. But yeah, I mean, Look, I'm not against politicians being in positions no. of authority in, in the sporting landscape. You know, managing government departments is hard, and thus um, that skill set is definitely applicable to uh, what they'll do on the on the CA board. Complicated decision making process, a federation of states, yeah. and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how mm. he answers questions when he's quizzed in, in the fullness of time in that new job. The previous chair only there for um, nine months before nine months, yeah, taking yeah. a job back in Perth. So. Bit of movement off the field, as there was with Stephen Smith after play when he was asked about David Warner's yeah. lifetime leadership. Now he said that no one ever should have that. Fundamentally he fundamentally not. disagrees with that. So that'll keep that story along for another week as they front up to play South Africa at the Gabba for the first time since the sandpaper ban. So I mean, there's a lot going on between now and Saturday. Oh yeah, and David Warner um, just two Test matches away from playing is or one Test match away from playing his hundred Test yep. match. Uh, 
Yeah, Pat Cummins is supposed to have a bowl here uh, tomorrow at some point. I so believe he had a bowl after quite a long time. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he had a bowl yesterday as well, or in the morning as yeah. well. So, uh, oh, yesterday it was. So, uh, it, it's uh, open to the media, so we'll be here watching <laughs> Pat Cummins bowl. Uh, and you know, if he's bowling, somebody will want to bat, and that would should be Manas and Steve Smith, so they'll be there as well. They I, I gather Manas and Steve were facing red balls as soon as the play was out of course they well. were, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, look, I know lots of moving pieces right now in um, Australian cricket behind the scenes. Uh, Pat Cummins should come back. I think he will play at the Gabba. I'm not sure about Josh Hazelwood. Uh, but the immediate future of David Warner, we did talk about last night on the show. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. I asked Steve Smith about, you know, so because he's seen so much of David Warner, does he need to see him score runs to know he's batting well? And he said, no, it's about the, the body language, he said. Yeah. Like, it's, the, it's the positive energy he brings to his batting. And it, like, he's been seeing a lot of it in the net, just like I have. And that, that seems to be there. So, but Well, they're all, they're all reiterating this message, aren't they? It's about how he's, how he's fronting up, yeah, the energy he yeah. brings. But there, there will be a point, and, mm. and I wonder whether that point might be around the Sydney Test match, given it's his home test in the past 100. And it'll mean not having to sort of fight it out, scrap it out in India and England. But that's all ahead of us in the next couple of weeks. We might talk more about that on the weekly show as well. We, I think we neglected to mention that Nathan Lyon passed oh, yes. 450 test wickets today oh. as well, which is yet another milestone. I'm looking forward to his contest against South Africa, given um, that he's got a poor record against them. He didn't bowl well against them in, uh, in Australia back in 16-17, a really long time ago. And he didn't um, have considerable returns against them in 2018 over there either. So I'm sure he'll be gearing up for that after a couple of high quality test matches against the Windies. Um, before we go, quick one, Hall of Fame. Uh, for woodstockcricket.co.uk, TFW20 is the offer code. You would have saw Josh De Silva brandishing one of those beautiful yes. beasts today. He didn't clobber loads of runs, but boy, he looked good when he did it. That big W on the front of the bat. Woodstockcricket.co.uk, TFW20 is the code for 20% off. Get yourself a bat for Christmas. Uh, my moment of the day, um, my spinal web moment was what well, was really a dangerous one. Yeah. Um, crack. Oh, yeah. The tree, or the, the Morton Bay fig, at the far end of the ground, the cathedral end of the ground, it broke and a big branch landed on top of the electronic scoreboard, kind of obscuring the over yeah. figure. Had that hit the people beneath them, that could have been ugly. Ooh, but, that been um, but yeah, that, that's such an unusual thing to happen. It's a windy day, but it's not it blowing is. a gale or anything. No, not, it's not like. Goal. No, no. <laughs> and we were nearly blown not away. The close. whole commentary box is blown away. For me, the Hall of Fame moment, of course, happened right after the match ended when Steve Smith broke the Frank Waddle trophy. Again. Uh, again. How many times will this trophy be broken? I know, it's been lost. It's been left in West Hall's waters. Uh, I think basement for the longest time. It's, uh, uh, for, it stayed there for, what, 20 years, 30 years? I think years. so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, today, the, the ball part, the top of it, just seems to have come off. One more thing about things that are broken. Can we start a petition to get Steve Smith to meet Steve Waugh's baggy green oh, cap? Oh, I, know, I saw that. So, go back 20 years when Steve Waugh's cap was fraying at the front and the white peak burst through, quite obviously. My recollection is Albion, the provider at the yeah. time, found a way to, to, um, to get some of the existing green and fix up the front. Time for Smith to do that because the, the, like, yeah. the whole bit's leaving. Yeah. So, um, Maybe we'll get into him about that um, at 
Uh, where will we be? We'll be in um, Brisbane in, in a Brisbane. couple of days' time. Between times, we're going to be in Melbourne. You'll be staying here in Adelaide. The Final Words Show will roll on. Thanks for watching and listening throughout the course of the week. Brad, you've done a fabulous job as our summer newsreader. We always love coming to you. I think you're going to do story time this week with Jeff for the one that we missed because Jeff's been crooked. You know what it's like when we're peak season or peak series. We find it hard to get all the shows out the door, but there will be a weekly show with Jeff and me this week. We're going to record it at the Commercial Club Hotel. Guest. If you haven't listened to our interview last week uh, with Robert Diffie and Domenico, that's worth a listen as well. It has been. Final word daily. Woodstock cricket. The pay.com. You can't see it. Don't be questioning. Sorry if I ran out to empty. Broke this, so you know what I meant. Final word daily.